Yes, hello and welcome to In The Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. My name is Jay Clark, looking forward to getting into some massive round four games and some big talking points to, to get through with these men. Firstly, play for the Western Bulldogs and Richmond. I'm not sure if he ironed his shirt today. It's Nathan Brown. How are you, Brownie? Yeah, good, Jay. Very good to be here. Massive round of Easter football. Yeah. So Brisbane Collingwood, that is huge. Sydney, question marks about them. Can they beat the best? So we'll get into it. And uh, Stevie Johnson, of course, kicked 519 goals for the Mighty Cats and GWS as well. How are you, John? I'm very good, thanks, Jay. Good to see you, Brownie. Yeah, very good. A bit low key, but the things that make <laughs> me laugh. Now, I'm not the best with people's names, so there's yep. a lot of people I walk past I might know. I probably should say hello to. Yeah. So Stevie Johnson, he's new in at Sports Bet. We've been doing this program for three weeks. Yeah. We have in our one of our departments, our high value department, a guy called Stephen Gillum. Yeah. Now you yeah. might remember Stephen oh. Gillum as most people remember very him as player. a Hawthorne yeah. Premiership player, yeah, very good great player. defender. Yeah. So of interest, and Stevie mm. Gillum was out in the kitchen before, yeah. and our man Stevie J wandered out to near the kitchen because he was looking for a pen, <laughs> mm. and Stevie Gillum thought Stevie was coming up to say hello. He goes, he's remembered me, how good's this? Up for a chat. <laughs> so yeah. our man here, Stevie J, has walked up to Stevie G and said, excuse me, mate, have you got a pen? <laughs> I had no idea who he was. You forgot you're the great Hawthorne defender. No, no, he's a very good player. Yeah, you had no idea who he was. You did, asked him no, for a I pen. Did, so we're very, we're tight. You asked him for a pen. I knew that uh, he would he'd get yeah. a pen for me. I had no, no idea yeah, who no he idea. was, Steve, it's fair to say. Hey, we've been talking about your magnificent goal-kicking power and how good you were left and right, all that sort of stuff. But you've been adamant um, that not only did you kick 519 goals, but you also gave a few away. In fact, you gave a lot of um, goals away. So we, we went to Champion Data and we've been digging through all sorts of records. And I think we're here, we, we're about to prove, in fact, we've got this confirmed, that you have led the competition since they were keeping this stat in about 1996, the AFL for the most goal assists in one game, Stevie. We've been saying you're very unselfish, mate. Ten goal assists in the game back in 2011. Very good. how much of a team player I was, Jay. <laughs> Everyone thinks I used to just take pings from the boundary. Yeah, well, you do did. that yeah. quite often. Yeah. Um, yeah. You still I had a license. Mm. Do you remember um, the game? Yeah, it was against Melbourne down there at Cadinia Park. The 186 and, uh, game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like a training drill that day. Mm -hmm. And uh, Does that lessen you know, if I didn't have the 10 goals, goals you kicked that Well, day? I did kick, yeah, I kicked the seven as well. So, <laughs> um, you know, if I wasn't a team player, I probably could have kicked 13 or 14. Is it true, just recapping some sledging, is it true that, did Andrew, is that the game where Andrew Mackey said to Scalo, do we really get four points for this? No, that wasn't the game. That oh. was uh, against North Melbourne on another day, and that was uh, in an earshot <laughs> of Adam Simpson, who right. wasn't, too impressed. Yeah, right. That is good. good. Hey, um, Jay. Yes. Now, you've joined this program yeah. the last three weeks as well, yeah. and we know that you love Pendles. Like, you're like mm. the, the golden child yeah. of Pendles. So, our man Jay used to do a podcast yeah. called The Jock and the Journal with Pendles oh, okay. until Pendles had had enough of Jay stalking and decided that <laughs> I don't want to do this mm. anymore. But yeah. I've just noticed something on your socials during the week, Jay. Yeah. Mm. Um, You've still got that Jock and Juno <laughs> podcast. This Hang ended on. Yes. with SP. You've yeah. actually you've yeah. actually added Scotty Pendlebury. Yeah. Mate, Brownie. this ended four years ago. <laughs> and, and four years ago. Yep. What? Where are we? No, we're nowhere. Oh, Pendles yes. are still up there. Time to update the profile here again. 
Yeah. Where's in the back pocket? I need to. I need to update it. You remember yeah. the old cartoon with the two dogs? He had the big dog and the little dog, and the little dog would be like, "What are we going to do today, Jack? Like, what are we doing today, sport?" Um, I felt no, like no, I was no, keep going. Is that a Geelong one? Wasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> well, I was very much uh, the no, little no, dog. Let's go through the dog and the big dog and the little dog again. How, how did it go? No, I think we get the point. We might. We've oh. hit pause on Jock and Juno. That might come back. Right, it's time to straighten up here for a uh, dog, sure? little dog. <laughs> Righto, Stevie, your first up. A lot of talk about Dyson. Heppel signed a one-year deal at the Bombers. He's been a little bit quiet to start the season. Are you sure he's in their best 22 at Essendon? I'm not 100% sure, and it'll be interesting to see whether they play him this week. His mm. last couple of weeks, he got subbed uh, two weeks ago against the Suns. Yeah. Unhappy about it. He didn't look uh, too happy, yeah. Mm. So, um, And then probably didn't have one of his best games last week. He's definitely not the player we know him to be, mm. um, you know, well beyond his peak. But yeah. um, whether he can still play a role, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. What's it like getting that tap on the shoulder? It's not much fun. It's not much fun when you start to feel like the game is getting beyond you. You know, when you, when you start to get older and you start to get on that cliff. Mm. And then that, that call a couple of weeks ago would have really hurt him. He would have thought... Maybe I am you know, tipping over, and then he gets a tap on the shot. He's like, yep, yeah, it's happening. Mm. Brownie, massive game for Richmond against the Western Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon. Interesting state of their list, seven 30-year-olds in the Tigers' side. Are you sure they've gone down the right path with the top-up at Tigerland? Well, if you're winning, and it's okay to play 30-year-old pluses like Geelong were last year. So everyone questioned about Geelong, but yep. you win games of football, you win a premiership, it's, it's genius. But mm. when you're not winning then you've got to start to look to the youth. So the young kid, Samson, he should be playing most games at the moment. But uh, I think seven 30-plus-year-olds is a bit too many. Yeah, massive three weeks coming up for the Tigers. I think Melbourne and Sydney to follow. Huge test for Damien Hardwick's men. Stevie, you've been all over this Lance Franklin uh, issue all season. Are you sure he should be their number one target? I think at the weekend they went down to Melbourne, but he was the focal point. Are you sure that's yeah. right? Yeah, I don't think he had a bad game on the weekend. I thought his pressure around the footy was pretty good and he had uh, he kicked a couple. But I think when they're going inside 50, they need to give the opposition different looks. And I think the best target inside 50 for Sydney is Isaac Heaney. He's the best mark above his head. Gee, really? Um, I think what happened in, in the game on the weekend is Lance has kicked a couple of early goals and he's kind of gone back inside 50 and thought, well, this is my 50 still. I still can dominate games. But mm. um, we know that when he doesn't play, other players bob up and have better performances. So mm. at times I think, yes, be, be the focal point, but then be able to switch and go, I'm going to go play outside 50 and give up, give other players different looks. Hard to make the greatest for the game scene, potentially a decoy, but it's an interesting balance there at Sydney. Brownie, Darcy Parrish, a lot of talk about his free agency. Are you sure he's still an A grader? Well, the question's got to be, has he ever been an A grader? I'd answer very, very close. So if he's not an A grader, he's a very high B plus. So I consider A pluses to probably be Cripps, mm. uh, Clayton Oliver, mm. Lockie Neal, Petrarca, these guys. So he's a rung off them, but very good. If you, if you, if you can get him as a free agent, mm. very good player to get into your footy club. I think that means B grader, doesn't it? Uh, B plus. B plus. B plus plus. Stevie, a lot of talk. Geelong Hawthorne, massive on Easter Monday. Always one of the best games of the season. Are you sure that rivalry was as fierce as it was made out to be? It certainly was. Mm. Uh, I look forward to this game, put it in the calendar. 
uh, when the draw comes out. It was a huge game and, and we all always attracted, you know, and this is back going back years, but um, attracted at least 80,000 people to games yep. because people were going through the gates knowing two quality teams going at it and they were always really close contests. Mm. Whether that's going to be the case this weekend mm. is yet to be seen, but I uh, love playing Hawthorne and I didn't like them one bit. Maybe you should go and watch it with Stevie Gillum. <laughs> yeah, is he in the 300 club? <laughs> Reintroduce yourself. And Brownie, quickly to finish, North Melbourne, are uh, you sure North Melbourne should keep the Good Friday game? It's going to be tough for them against the Blues. Um, well, they'll vote for their feet, the North Melbourne uh, supporters, if they can get there. Playing against Carlton and having lost the game is a good start, but North Melbourne had a good start. So you'd want a minimum 40,000 people there for that Friday game. Strange slot being at 4,000. Yeah, four, four o'clock. o'clock you know, yeah. if it was a seven o'clock game, more people yeah. could get there maybe, but yeah. minimum forty thousand they need. They've been wiped off the floor by the Bulldogs in the past couple of Good Friday games. They need a big performance under Alistair Clarkson. This has been. Are you sure? Now, what about this game first up on uh, Thursday night? Brisbane versus Collingwood. The Lions were, weren't great, particularly out forward last week uh, against the Western Bulldogs. Phyllis, huge focus on Danaher and Hipwood. Do you think there are any chance at home against the Pies who are flying? Question a pundit or anybody has to ask themselves is how much do you go with the home ground advantage mm. and does that outweigh how much you can't trust Brisbane's forwards in Hipwood mm. and also mm. Danaher? Mm. So uh, Gunston, you know what you're going to get. So he was good last week. He led up. He kicked three goals all in one quarter. But I'm sticking with Collingwood's defenders. I think Murphy's great. I think yep. Darcy Moore will probably throw third man in. Frampton will play a bit more in yep. the ruck but play defence as well. Yep. So I'm going to back in Collingwood's defenders against the Brisbane Lions forwards. No Ruckman, Stevie. Yeah. That, that's how much does that impact them? Well, it's going to be a huge challenge. We know how good Con- Collingwood are in the contest this ball, uh, this year. That's one thing they really have improved. Mm. Um, so no Ruckman will test them. Brisbane's also got a very strong midfield. So I think they'll get an, on top in that area. Mm. I find it very hard to tip against Collingwood yep. just on, on the back of their proven team. And we know what they're going to bring, as Nath said. Yep. Uh, but I do think that Brisbane can win this game. Yeah, interesting. Jordan Ngoi flying equal AFLCA leading player of the competition. We're talking enough about Josh Dacos. We're all talking about Nick Dacos, but his first well, three games the best kick have been, in the competition. I think he's the best both both sides. Yeah. Um, and they're both playing great football. I don't think there's ever been a set of brothers who have played as good a football together as what they're doing right now. Interesting battle with Hugh McCluggage because he hasn't started the season as well as he would he's have been, liked. He's been down. So yeah. he played a little bit more inside last year. Now he's gone back to that outside role. Let's move on to the North Melbourne versus Carlton game. As we said, good Friday footy. It is massive for the Kangas. They want to dominate this slot and keep a hold of it under some pressure, it must be said. Are they any chance? So you look at Ben Mackay out, obviously. Griffin Logue suspended, and they come up against Harry Mackay should and get Charlie Simkin Kerner. back, should get Luke Davies Union. The back line, Brownie. The back line. How on earth are they no, going to stop? They're going to find it very hard to curtail uh, Kerner and Mackay. I think those two are ready for a big fill-up this week. Yep. He hasn't had one yet, Mackay, has he? No, he hasn't. He's been down on his usual um, self. um, And they've found it a little bit hard to get isolation between the two of them. I think that would have been a big discussion point this week at training. How do we uh, maximise each other? And, you know, like similar to the Buddy Franklin scenario, Mm. how can one be up a little bit higher at times and then the other one swaps Mm. over? And, again, giving the opposition different looks but maximising both of their talents. What I will say, it hasn't been a lack of work rate for Mackay. I've been impressed with his work rate. The game they won late against Geelong, he was working all the way up the ground. (laughs) So he's been doing a power of work. It just hasn't been correlating into goals at the moment. His time will come. North Melbourne's defenders, Aidan Bonner and Jack Zeeble. 
it's going to be a huge like they I don't get. Think you need to screw your nose up the way. You, like, <laughs> sorry, Connor. it's going to be the big watch. I'd love to see you holding Harry Mackay. <laughs> I would really struggle. Harry would probably kick twenty of me. In fact, he certainly would. It is going to be a massive weekend of football. We got more last next on in the back pocket. Welcome back to another episode of In The Bin. I'm Cheats and... So this is where um, we're going to go to the break, actually. Come back. <laughs> I stuffed that up. You're making it too easy. <laughs> now, fellas, I hope your memory for other things are as good as your recollection of personal footy stats. The day uh, I kicked seven, I gave off ten as well. <laughs> no, you didn't. You were playing against Melbourne, who were trying to lose. Jay could have kicked ten. <laughs> now, Brownie... I know you had 30, you kicked three. I had 30 and kicked three at the MCG. But the segment was about Dunkley. What about Dunkley? <laughs> <laughs> Brownie, you're not done with yet. My memory isn't great, but wasn't this the game you celebrated the draw? Now that's interesting. If I want to listen to your stats from 2003, when everyone had dial-up, I'm tuning to Triple M. And Massimo D'Ambrosio is in. This made me think of eating a curry. Massimo curry. <laughs> <laughs> Bin's looking pretty full. So I want to propose something. I know you boys like your stats. Brownie, Stevie J, goal kicking challenge. Let's make it happen. Yes, I'm excited for this. Two of the uh, sharper shooters in the AFL going to go head-to-head -head from the boundary line, from long distance, from short distance. I think Stevie is the most recently retired player to be a... Shorter price favourite than you, Brownie. You've been well, retired. I was framing a market, which yeah. is my employment, obviously. So <laughs> yes. um, I'd have. What do you him, think? I'd have him a dollar forty favourite. Very yeah. short. Yeah. How's it? I mean, I haven't played for thirteen years. Yeah. And kick the footy that often. Playing a lot of. Where, 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 where can I place a bet on this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, John? How do you think you go? Should be a dollar twenty, but um, <laughs> so how, is it snaps? Is it set shots? I think how, there'll how be a, an array. There'll be the there'll be the thirty five meter sort of clutch um, drop punt. Mm. There'll be the sort of right Mace foot from the boundary. That one, yeah. Yeah, there'll be the you know the check side. There'll be the snap. There'll be you know, the opposite foot. He's already been saying to me. He goes, my knees are really sore. Every time I kick the ball, I get shooting pains. <laughs> oh, and he's already oh. starting to make excuses. We don't want any <laughs> excuses, Stevie. I can't wait to see the competitiveness come out in both of you. Now it's time to go deep with Stevie J on in. The, uh, in the coach's office. <laughs> well, fellas, St Kilda have been just about the story of this season. What a start under Ross the boss line. Could be 4-0 and zero this weekend and genuinely mm. hunting a finals berth. Stevie, take us beneath the surface. What has gone right for St Kilda? How on earth have they um, launched out to this brilliant start to the season? Well, Ross has clearly got them playing for him and playing with the right intent and energy required to uh, win games of footy at this level. But it's the it's the defence that uh, has impressed me so much. Um, they've only conceded five goals to uh, key forwards from the opposition so far wow. all, all this season, which really? tells me that the pressure that's going on up the field mm. has to be at, at the, an absolute elite level. So that's one thing. But equally, they're, they're able to turn the ball over in the midfield and score. So they look really exciting with the way they attack because they're always going back at a disorganised uh, uh, opposition, which um, is easier to score as well. Have they shocked you, Brownie, the Saints? Well, they have because of the, the amount of injuries they've had. Yeah. 
my question is, if they don't get players back, how long do those young kids last? I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen that the young kids, they do drop off after a certain yep. amount. So Ross had love a filler of some senior players getting back. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, if they go 4-0, which they should against the Gold Coast Suns, it's yep. hard to see them missing the final. They did miss it from 8-3 last year. The, the perfect example of Ross's influence is Mason Wood. Yep. So Mason Wood has been a player with enormous talent mm-hmm. and he's been a player who has frustrated coaches and supporters, yet he's bought into Ross. So Ross has obviously done something with Mason Wood mm. where he, he it's the Ross factor. So Mason believes in Ross mm. and Ross is believing back in him. And that's the perfect example. If you looked at one player and said, how is this all working? It's Mason Wood. And Stevie, for the Saints fans out there, you look at the forward line. When King went down, when Membry went down, when Hayes went down, you thought, how on earth are we going to kick these goals? But with Butler and Higgins in particular with the pressure and the speed around the football. It's a small ball setup, and Caminiti has bobbed up a little bit, the, the bloke who was going to spend his year being a, a waiter um, and a cafe uh, worker. It's really those smalls who've got busy to be able to allow him to kick him to kick um, winning scores. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, any time the ball hits the ground in their forward 50, they, yep. they're confident that those guys are either going to be able to pick up a ground ball and finish because they've got great finishing skills. Mm. Otherwise, they're going to put a heap, heap of pressure on the opposition with the ball in hand mm. to help force those turnovers. Overs in, in dangerous parts of the ground. Flip side of the coin, your cats, mate. Are you worried? Because zero and three, I mean, you'd think they'd be able to beat Hawthorne on Easter Monday to get their season started. But when you when you when you break it all down, what concerns you most about the cats? I see last for clearances, and I think their clang account is the most. So they're not winning out of the middle and then using it poorly. Yeah, so I probably expected them to not be at their absolute best from the start of the year because they have a long uh, season last season, but um, yeah, it's been interesting. Probably the most notable thing for me is the scoring uh, off turnover. So they're not scoring off turnover where that's something they were really good, mm. strong at last last year to get them to win a premiership. And they're being scored against on turnover. So something something's going amiss there. Um, I don't think it's um, on the back of uh, players lacking confidence or anything. I think there's maybe some new players going through that midfield and... Uh, maybe not, thing. yeah, maybe just not picking up on the system that they want to play mm-hmm. right at the moment. But I'm very confident they'll, they'll come good and they'll finish strongly. I reckon they come good. Uh, the, mm. You look at what they've done. So the last week against Gold Coast was a poor performance mm. by their standard. They couldn't have done anything worse. But everyone's talking about Collingwood winning the Premiership this year. Geelong led them two weeks ago by mm. 21 points deep into the uh, third quarter. Mm. Then Collingwood ran over the top of them. Mm. They just got over the line, um, Carlton, when, when Carlton beat them. So their form in the first two weeks hasn't been that bad. It's just that we expect better from Geelong. Mm. Last week's was a surprise. Yeah. I've got no doubt they play finals. So they, they'll yeah. win the next two games against Hawthorne and, and West Coast. And slowly they'll get their players back. Hawkins gets fit. I think they play finals still. Yeah, and I think, you know, Collar Jasney and Henry, they're two big outs yep. for them. So that, and Stewart. Because Stewart's only just come back in, but yep. those two allow Stewart to then yep. be that third man into contests all the time. He organises them, but if, if those two aren't there, he's got to play a, a, a yep. more of a shutdown role. And I guarantee you, on the weekend, Jack Lukosius wouldn't have kicked five goals mm. if either Collar Jasney mm. or Henry was playing on Who's a better well, kick inside forward 50, you or Mitch Duncan? <laughs> Mitch is very good. Mm. To a leading target. Just, just not quite on my level. <laughs> Before we finish, what about, um, they're, they're, they're missing Joel Selwood. Have we underestimated his influence? Paddy Dangerfield has stepped in as captain. How have you seen that baton being passed over? Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. I mean, they're two completely different characters. So um, we'll have a better gauge on how Dangerfield has, has gone as the season goes on. And mm-hmm. once they start winning games, the narrative might change a little bit. But... Um, it's a, it is a big shift from going from a, a 
a premiership captain who is revered by his teammates mm. to then Dangerfield stepping in in, in the, his shoes, big shoes to fill. I mean, Joel was an unbelievable captain and, and you just wanted to play for him no matter what because of what he was able to do on the ground. But if he looked in, you in, in the eye, mm. you knew you had to do it. Whereas I probably experienced a bit of a shift when I changed captains, I went to GWS and then I've got Phil Davis who, in all due respect, he wasn't on Joel Selwood's yeah, level. I, I was lucky, I was a self-motivator, yeah. but you look around the group thinking, mm. is he getting the best out of his S teammates? Certainly a big week for Paddy Dangerfield. Very good, Stevie. This has been In The Coach's Office. Time for Bulldogs uh, and Richmond. Speaking of a big game, I'm concerned a little bit about the Tigers. Uh, Branny, I thought they were um, average a little bit la last weekend, and for a, for a uh, club which lighted up on Hopper and Taranto yeah. in the tr in the trade period, I'm just not sure um, they're 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 a top four team, or even I'm not even sure they're. A well, they're firm favourites in this one. I don't see it. So. 13 scoring shots to one last week early. If Collingwood had have kicked nine goals, four, that, mm. that's a blowout. That's mm. a massive blowout. And yeah. You're looking at an 80-pointer. Could have been up by 60 So points, I yeah. see this as a 50-50 game. I'm yeah. not sure what you're going to get from the Bulldogs. The one thing Richmond have done well is they've brought the ball to ground level. They haven't been outscored <coughs> by the tools at opposite ends. So mm -hmm. when you look at the Bulldogs, can they kick a winning score against the side? They're actually doing okay defensively. So their numbers defensively are okay in their back 50. 50-50 yeah. game, you know. Flip of the coin for me. They're butchering it at times, Stevie. And I know we've talked a lot about Timmy Taranto, but he has won a lot of the ball. But when you go a bit deeper, he hasn't been able to connect with the forwards possibly as much as Damien Hardwick would like. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he, he probably knows that the stats as well. He's, um, what he does give you is awesome tra transition. He runs both ways. Mm. He's really strong in the contest, but it's his finishing with his kicking inside 50, which certainly needs more further improvement. And it's gone under the radar. At the, at the Giants. I don't think it goes under the radar here. I think Richmond will quickly get on top of it and make him a player where you're either dishing it out or you're running out of stoppages. At the moment, he kicks out of stoppages, but yep. you get it and just back yourself in and run out of that stoppage. And he, he's got to be willing to work on it as well. Mm. It, it's, it's something he uh, is aware of, yep. and uh, people have tried to work and you're with saying him. it hasn't been something he's... I don't think he's embraced it as much as he needs to. Because you know what he is. He's re very dangerous with his snap kicks. When he, he gets the ball inside 50 and has snapshots on goal out of stoppages, mm. he, he's very good. But the, the running, kicking to a person on a lead inside 50 with a simple drop punt weighted yep. is not his go. He mm. needs to work on it. Very good, Tim. Taranto with some things to work on. Now, speaking of uh, goal kicking and kicking, Brownie, it is time for your top five. My arms look a lot bigger there than what they do now. <laughs> I like that. So this is set shot yep. 30 to 35 out. Kicking for your life. Yes. Kicking for your life never happens. Obviously, it's just the way we, we phrase it, Stevie. Mm. Nobody's ever going to be kicking for my life. But these are the top five players I'd like to have kicking for This isn't in any order. So these five are grouped together. They're not going to tell you my number one. So we've just got a number next to them. So Liam Ryan, I think, is a super set shot at goal. Bailey Fritch has just got the touch. Whether he's kicking a set shot or he's going around the corner. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Right foot. I love this. Left foot. Right foot, yep. left foot. He can do it all. Nick Larkey has now kicked 21 goals straight. Wow. Going back to last year. 21 goals straight he mm -hmm. has. He's 12 straight this year. Obviously, if you add that up, that's nine to finish the season last year. And Toby Green. So Toby Green, he does it all. It wasn't good last week, but he does it all. So they're playing for my life. Yeah. 
and I'm looking, okay, so I'm, uh, it's on the line. Who do yep. I want out of those five? Yep. Maybe he's not the best kick, maybe he doesn't have the best conversion, but mentally, I have to go with Toby Green. Because really? I feel like for me, if he knows something like that's on the line, well, the if moment. he was 30 metres out yep. in a grand final, out of all those, I think Toby Green mentally yep. just doesn't miss. Yep. He might miss a goal the next week from 30 out because he's not thinking about it too much, but when it's on the line, he doesn't get it wrong. Toby Green, he's my man. What do you think, Stevie? Who'd be of those guys? Who would you have your number one? I think Tipper. Uh, I, I like had... that, Brownie. Yeah. Uh, put the fear of God. Is that why you wore the T-shirt today? Yep. yep. Thank I'm, you. I might not get as what well. I'm stressed up. I put a bit of time in, in my... Well, you didn't iron it. That's I didn't iron it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with Toby Green. Yeah, okay. Very good. That has been Brownie's top five. We're going to get to some more games, including Sydney and Port Adelaide next. This is In the Back Pocket. Yes, hello and welcome to In the Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbetchy. Ken Hinckley, the coach of Port Adelaide, is becoming a big story under the pump with the power one and two. They take on Sydney Stevie here on the bounce after a loss to Melbourne last week. The big issue is surely Port Adelaide's defence coughed up 39 goals in the past two weeks. How does he stiffen up that back line? Yeah, well, there's enough experience down there to be holding up better than what they are. Mm. But I look at the likes of, you know, Jonas and Aaliyah and Cleary, Houston, you know, these guys um, have played a lot of footy and should be more organised behind the ball. But if you look at St Kilda, and we spoke about it a little bit earlier, the reason why they're playing such good footy and their key defenders are playing good footy is because of the pressure up the field. Yeah. So I'm probably more looking, if I'm Ken Hinckley, in at my midfield and saying to Rosie and Butters and Horn Francis mm -hmm. and Ollie Wines, Uzma. I'm putting it on them to come out and put a... As so much pressure, <laughs> yes, load of pressure on Sydney's midfield because if they don't, we know Sydney on the rebound, they're going to be fully charged mm. up. They can hurt you as much as anyone with mm. their kicking skills. Brownie, what's it like when there's talk about your coach? Does it infiltrate the group? You know, it's obviously Ken Hinckley is going to become a big story. Does it? Do you think it affects the team or gets well, to it the it team? Does. It, it does, but that's when you rely on a good captain, you know, leadership group to steer you through it. So mm -hmm. that's separate to what the coach is going through. So you don't sit down with the coach and discuss it. So you, yeah. you discuss it with your mates, you discuss yeah. it with the team leaders. So it's about how the team leaders then react to that. Yeah, and you get what do you think, Sydney? Sydney for me, they couldn't have been poorer last week. Started okay, it's just yep. that they butchered the footy game inside forward 50. You know, this time last year we are talking about Isaac Heaney being a Brownlow medalist. He's been poor for the first three weeks, so mm. he needs to lift. I think he has a big game. Still not sure, convinced the three tall forwards work at Sydney, mm. but I can't see them losing at, at the SCG. Yeah, I expect Sydney to, to win this one. It's almost a certainty. But um, what Kenny can't afford is a really poor performance. Yeah. So I expect them to be beaten. Yeah and they'll be sitting one and three, but what he can't afford is a 10-goal loss. Yeah, I think they're still playing for him at this stage out there at Port Adelaide. Right, Stevie, it's time to put you on the spot with Stevie Nay or Stevie A. Stevie O, Stevie Nay, either way. Hey, um, the descent rule has been in the spotlight all week, hasn't it? Stephen Cornelio gave away the free kick, uh, Stevie Johnson, in that loss to Carlton. Was it the worst free kick of the year? Stephen Cornelio. Yes! <laughs> it was, Jay. It was horrendous. Mm. Um, and I know the umpires of bosses have come out and supported it. But I think, you know, you've got to have your wits about you in that situation as, as an umpire. I mean, I, I looked at that 
Coniglio one, I look at that more as an appeal than yeah. dissent. He's saying, what, how yeah. is that not a free yes. kick? It's almost like when a yeah. ball goes out for a deliberate, everyone's going to throw their arms up and say, is that a free kick? That's mm. kind of uh, the way I saw it. So for that, that penalty was huge at that moment in the game. Yeah. It's hard to put a value on Joe Danaher at the moment. So when he's been there, they've played prelim final after prelim final, haven't got through. So it's not more the question is, has it worked so far? In the long term, can Brisbane win a premiership with Joe Danaher? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, they can. They've, um, they've obviously got to improve uh, on their performances and, and, uh, and he's got to be playing more team-orientated footy right at the moment. You see him you know, having a crack at his teammates and then he has long pings at goal. Uh, so he's got to get that better. But you look, I look at it like Tom Boyd at the Bulldogs. He's only got to have a strong final series yep. and then all of a sudden you know if they win a flag he's he's the man i sense that chris fagan for the first time was just a little bit frustrated in his press conference with joe danaher wait what about sean darcy Fremantle's number one ruckman that brought over luke jackson of course should clubs go after big sean darcy <laughs> yes uh i think uh if I was down in Geelong, I'm Andrew Mackey, list manager, I'm starting to plant the seed already. Mm. Uh, he's a local uh, kid from, from down that way. Yep. Uh, Stanley will be retiring uh, at some point, either this year or the following year, yep. I, I would suggest. Yep. Um, and he seems like the perfect fit to, to come into their footy club. More and more, we're seeing problems with phones and issues at football clubs with social media. Can you put a social media ban on adult footballers? Oh. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you just need to make sure that they uh, they understand the ramifications of you know putting cert certain stuff or particular stuff on, on their social media accounts. Um, you're a grown man, you're adults, you've got to make smarter decisions. And Gil will be front and centre this weekend. We'll, we'll gather around B swan song. Is it all about Gil this week? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's 100% that's true. He, he is a South Australian too, yes, isn't he? Yes. So, yeah, Gil will have those big flowing locks. He'll be in a few nightclubs. I wouldn't mind being an owner of a Chinese restaurant over <laughs> yes. in, uh, in Adelaide this next week. And um, I was outraged by this suggestion throughout the week. I'm not sure it's true. You said on our WhatsApp group that Red Tulip was the premier chocolate or the top chocolate, which is outrageous because surely Cadbury or Lint is um, the number one in the in the chocolate sort of ranking. So uh, are you sure? Well, um, do you think that Red Tulip is a better is, is a better chocolate than Cadbury? <laughs> <laughs> a minute and a half for a red, question. Red tulip or Cadbury? Red tulip um, or Cadbury. So yeah. What are these? Uh, I said yes. You know what? I, I'm, I, red if, tulip. If, if anyone should have a Cadbury sponsorship, it should be me. That's right. Cadbury. You, you can tell. Um, I, I love my, my chocolate and Cadbury. I just love eating plain Cadbury chocolate. But when it comes to Easter time, I like switching over to the, the red tulip bunny. And... This is That's probably thick. not the temperature that I would eat it. I think you've <laughs> what, got to chill your red tulip like bunnies. Chocolate, Steve? Hmm? Is it got to be in the freezer or something? Yeah, that's the red tulip bunny. So they've got to be um, they've got to be chilled. It's like. Oh, it's not. It's no, it's not. <laughs> oh, big chocolate. <laughs> oh, no idea. What are you talking I shouldn't about? know about the little wines on the uh, on the on yeah. the bunny. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No. I, I didn't even get a chance. I was talking. I didn't get a chance to taste it. But <laughs> love my Cadbury. But Easter time, yeah. I'm a red chocolate man. No. I've already tucked into a few bunnies. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. That's been uh, Stevie Yay or Stevie Nay.
Now, Brownie, you're very good uh, at this. $100 play each week. Just take us through what happened last week. Were you able to uh, make us some cash? No, I wasn't, um, <laughs> really, because Brisbane let us down. I thought that they were going to win, and they didn't. Okay. Collingwood did win, uh, but my kitty is still 400 and actually $449 <laughs> ahead of Stevie J's kitty. So that's where it sits at the moment. Well, have a look at your bet for uh, this week. Right, so hopefully. I got a multi. So they're all pretty short at yep. the moment. Uh, so I've gone with Adelaide head to head. So that's the biggest price one against Fremantle, but that's at home. You St sure? Kilda worries me a little bit, uh, but I think they should win. Sydney to beat Port, Geelong to beat Hawthorne, and it gets me to four dollars twenty-six. So um, the biggest outlay there is Adelaide. Risky, I think. I pick Fremantle. What do you reckon, Stevie? Uh, stick with me because mm. I will land one mm. uh, very, very shortly and I'll end up in front by the end of the year because uh, I know I've enjoyed having a punt on the footy and <laughs> been no, going right, just not on the slip. show. So <laughs> you've seen the bet slip there. You going well except on this show. <laughs> Don't worry. The, the, the viewers stick with me. Are you me. one of those blokes who says how much you win but mm. no, then no, you come no, with no, us you, and you don't you, win? I'll show you the statement after the show. Okay. Man. So it's been very, very good at the start of the first season. We might get some more accountability. Well, you've both been outstanding. Well done. I think you both need some ironing practice, that's for sure, with those shirts. Stevie, you could probably um, polish off the chocolate for us. Red Thanks for watching this week on In the Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsman. Have a great Easter. We'll see you next week. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.